0: Hello this is episode 190 of the Get It Right podcast. In this episode I'm going to be talking about those of you who are DIYing your design and you know that once you've completed and come up with the design that you want you're going to be on the hunt for a builder to turn it all into something real. Now there are many many homeowners who design their own home from scratch and then they take it straight to a builder to then navigate the approvals and documentation and construction. And they see this as a means of maintaining full control on the process because they've done the design themselves and getting what they want in their future home. But there are some, some key things to pay attention to if this is your approach so that you don't end up making mistakes or you don't end up just overlooking the things that can really make your home truly special and enjoyable to live in. So let's dive in. Now, before I jump into this episode, I want to share with you a fantastic resource I've created to help you, and you can access it now for free. If you're struggling with understanding the overall steps for your project, what you should be focusing on and when, or how to invest your efforts, energy, and money in the best possible way to get a great outcome in your future home, this will be super helpful. I've created a free online workshop called Your Project Plan, and you can watch it now head to undercoverarchitect.com forward slash project plan to access it and watch it online. I've also added some great bonus resources that I've made available for you and they include the transcripts of all of the podcasts in this season, this Christmas 2020 season, packaged up in a fantastic e-guide. You can find it all at undercoverarchitect.com forward slash project plan and that's P-R-O-J-E-C-T-P-L-A-N, project plan, all one word. Go check it out now. Now, let's get on with the episode. When I practiced traditionally as an architect, I had no idea how many homeowners fully designed their own new homes and renovations. You know, I knew that people drew up sketches with ideas for their future homes. I had clients sometimes bring me sketches, you know, but I thought that's where it stopped, you know, when they, and then they found a designer or an architect to continue the process. Super naive, hey? Now, since starting uh, Undercover Architect in mid-2014, I've learned just how many of you do design your homes from scratch, as in fully design them. So deciding on the floor plan, the elevations, the interior design, and even go so far as to learn software like SketchUp to be able to model them in 3D and really push and play with the design overall. You know, some homeowners, you just really wanna do it this way, You know, be it because you have a love of design, you've always been really passionate about creating your own home, Or perhaps you've had a bad experience with a designer in the past and you just feel like you want full ownership of things this time. Or perhaps you feel that just to maintain control and get what you really want, then you need to be the one creating the design yourselves. And others do it purely because they want to save money and they think that this is something that they can tackle. So this is exactly why I created my online program, Home Design Masterclass. It's a self-paced, self-study program. It takes you through the process of how I design a new home or renovation with information about each room and space and all the things that you need to think and consider and you know through the through from the site itself to the exteriors and the roof form of the home and I'll take you through some key strategies and ways that I approach designing homes so that you really get bang for buck as well. Now I've seen some incredible floor plans come out of that program where homeowners are just able to put into action what they've learned and it's just been fantastic to see what they've been able to create as a result. So if this is what you're doing, let's have a look at what this stage looks like, this stage of DIYing your design. Now for many, it can start with simple tinkering and then as someone begins to get more and more involved with their own design ideas and perhaps the idea of hiring someone seems too expensive or to involve too little control or it just doesn't seem like a good fit, then those design ideas develop and develop. So I've seen homeowners use everything from pencil on graph paper to free apps with existing libraries of parts of walls, doors, you know, windows and furniture, even through to a tool, as I said, like SketchUp, where they can model it in 3D and create walkthroughs. And if you heard my interview with Claire Leroy of the Little Design Corner, we, you know, I spoke with Claire about how homeowners are learning to use SketchUp and then they're creating their own designs. So I'll pop a link To that episode, that interview uh, in the resources for you if you want to check it out and have a listen. Now, sometimes it can be very intentional to DIY your home, you know, and DIY your home design. It's something you've always wanted to do. The idea of saying, I did this myself is something that you want for your project. You know, other times it can be quite accidental and it just snowballs out of starting to play with ideas, and then you end up having a fully fledged home design that's just waiting to be turned into construction drawings. But let's have a look at this stage in in terms of our three metrics, budget, fears and stress and what you might be experiencing at this stage. So the first is budget. Now, at this point, many homeowners who are designing their own home, they're focused on the building contract and what price they will get their build for. And so they can overlook a lot of the other fees and charges in their projects, such as engineering, certification, approval fees, levies, insurances. And so that can come as a bit of a rude shock for those who are DIYing their design and figuring out how they're going to incorporate those things. The other nerves and concerns around budget all still exist too. The tricky thing is that when you're designing your own home, you can be in a bit of a costing vacuum. So you can have an idea about your budget. You can be trying to get an understanding of costs and budgets as you design your your own home, but you're struggling a bit because you don't necessarily understand construction. And so what I see homeowners do is that they may look at square meterage rates and so try to work out those, or they may look at detailed figures um, that are put out by construction organizations and then try to break it down based on the linear meters of different material choices Or they might be comparing construction methodologies to see what's more affordable. And they're trying to sort of nut it out themselves to see what their design decisions might be potentially doing in terms of the cost of their project. So, you know, this is understandable. If you're DIYing your design, you're really trying to understand, you know, as you design what the impact of those design decisions are. and. It's worth understanding, though, that this is hard for professional designers to do, you know, that ones that don't have a lot of experience really struggle with this, um, understanding what the impact of their design decisions are on cost. And, it, you know, if you don't have the right support and input during the design process, then it can be very challenging. So it's worth determining how you as a DIY designer is going to get this help for your costing during your design phase. You know, whether it's that you pay for a builder to be involved in pre-construction and to co-create your design – together um, or you use a costing professional such as a quantity surveyor or you find another route to do this you know you need to get budget feedback along the design process because it's going to be critical to you saving time and effort overall. Now let's look at fears because they can be a bit more real at this point. So homeowners who are doing their own design they experience similar fears to the previous stages that we've discussed but often by this point the fears can increase as you move further along your design phase and you get closer and closer to being ready to think about actually getting building and the fears can feel more significant because if you're designing your home it means it all comes down to you you know it's all on you to get that design right so the fear of regrets and mistakes that can be paralyzing for people who are designing their own home and they can really struggle with committing to a final design and end up just playing with option after option after option now on the other end of the scale is that there's a fear of not being in control so when you've been the one that's in control of your design phase then you can start to feel nerves about the impending construction phase where you won't be in charge of all of the decisions. And you can also fear the fact that because it's all been up to you, that despite all your planning, you may have actually missed something that you won't find out about until it's too late. You know, I have architects telling me that it's terrible that I teach homeowners how to design because they then think of themselves as experts in work that it's taken a professional years and years of experience to master. But my perspective is very different. You know, as a DIY designer, I find that you know you're not an expert and that's what can even make it more challenging for you to commit to a design and to feel that you've covered all of your bases and that the home will actually turn out as you've been dreaming it would and that you're hopefully embedding everything into the design that you've been creating. And so that's why I teach you. It's why I created Home Design Masterclass because design can be a really involved and complex process to get right and you only get one crack at it. So it's important that you have the right tools and the resources and knowledge that you can actually put into action in your design. Now, let's have a look at stress. You know, of course, all those fears are going to cause stress, but the stress levels can vary, of course, based on how informed you've got about all the other parts of building and renovating whilst you've been designing your home. So some homeowners at this point, they're still pretty naive. They think that it's just going to be a case of creating their design, taking it to a builder to get drawn up, you know, by their referred or in-house draftsperson and then tickety-boo, the builder will then take care of bringing all those dreams to reality in their future new home or renovation. You know, they can underestimate that the fact that home design isn't just about floor plans and elevations, but their project still needs a project manager who isn't the builder. Why won't your builder be the project manager? Well, I firmly believe that the builder isn't your project manager and they're in fact their own project manager and sometimes that can be at odds with being your project manager. So, You know, a little while ago, I actually did a video on this uh, to explain why, and I'll pop a link for you in the resources so that you can check that out and find out more information. It's worth understanding that in more detail. Now, let's have a look at the mistakes that many make in the DIY design stage of their projects. I'm going to take you through the main mistakes that I see homeowners make. These are not exhaustive by any stretch of the imagination. You can actually be exposed to far more mistakes as a DIY designer just because you're doing something inside an industry that you're not an expert in. So, um, but uh, I'll take you through these mistakes and then I'll share with you how to get it right instead. And just before I dive into these, this list of mistakes, one thing I did wanna mention up front is how difficult it is for a DIY designer to have an understanding of structural design when they're designing their floor plan and how many headaches and dramas that can create for you when your, your DIY design gets turned into working drawings. So you need to figure out how you're going to get an understanding of the structural side of your home design so that you don't end up basically having to dramatically change the design in order to have the thing be able to stand up when it comes time to build it. Now, let me dive into the list of the most common mistakes that I see for DIY designers. So of course, the first one is not paying attention to the orientation for your site and how your design needs to respond to it. The second is starting your home design as an arrangement of squares and rectangles for rooms that you move around based on the connections that you want to create. Next one is drawing your home design in single lines rather than drawing wall thicknesses. The next one is expecting that the drafts person you hand this over to will correct your design or provide input to improve it. Uh, Another one is using plans done by others that you find online in forums, on websites, in Facebook groups, you know, volume builder websites as a basis for your own design. Another mistake is crowdsourcing feedback on the internet from strangers who don't know you, your site, your budget or your lifestyle. And lastly, not maintaining your copyright as your design is handed over to others to draw up and then coming unstuck if you want to walk away from them but you can no longer use your design elsewhere. So let me go through these quickly. I talk about a lot of these in many other places, especially here on the podcast and definitely inside Home Design Masterclass. And I talk a lot more about the structural side of stuff inside Home Design Masterclass, just being aware of it. So, um, and what it can mean for your project too. So now this first mistake, Not paying attention to the orientation of your site or how your design needs to respond to it. So, you'll most likely have heard me say countless times before that designing your home for the movement of the sun is the single biggest thing that you can do to make your home feel great and you feel great in it. So, go listen to season one of the podcast. I break this down into a heck of a lot of detail, and it'll give you. Great information for this. Now, it breaks my heart to see so many homes get built that just don't maximize the freely available sunlight and create dark, pokey homes that are hot in summer and cold in winter and then cost a fortune to heat and cool artificially. There is always a way to get your design to work for orientation. It just takes you to prioritize it up front and then to make all of your other decisions from that foundation. Now, the next mistake is when you start your design as an arrangement of squares and rectangles. So, one way I see homeowners start to grapple with their home design is they'll actually cut out squares and rectangles out of paper or graph paper that are to scale and match the ideal sizes of rooms that they want in their home. And then they'll sort of arrange them on a page with associated hallways and connections and spaces. They'll even sort of cut and paste them. Now, this makes sense, especially when you think of your home as a collection of rooms and spaces, and you're trying to grapple with how you're going to sort of design and lay this out to begin with. The The thing is, and we talk about this Inside Home Design Masterclass, is it's actually better to consider how you'll design your home from the outside in and then the inside out and be working those two things together in combination. Because otherwise you can just end up with a strangely shaped home that looks like an arrangement of boxes and squares and rectangles and it then just gets elevated into a volume and it lacks connection to the site and in and all of its amazing qualities, and it's also incredibly difficult to put a roof on. Now, when you're drawing plans for your home, use double lines for wall thicknesses. So, you know, when you use single lines, you can actually find that when your drawings get converted into construction documentation, you're gonna lose space and dimension in rooms in order to accommodate the construction materials from your home that you've been representing by a single line on a page, but actually didn't take up the space on the plan that needed to. Now, of course, even when you design your home yourself, it's gonna to need to be drawn up by somebody that can actually then do drawings for council approval if it's required and then building approval and construction drawings. So many DIY designers, they're also tackling their own design to save on professional design fees and to keep their budget for the project itself. And so they'll use the services of a person to get that documentation done. And then many are disappointed because even though they've done their, des- their own design, they were still hoping for some feedback or some input, some expansion of the design itself in that process of converting it to the documentation that's needed. Or at the very least, they're wanting a confirmation and a sign off that they've included everything that they should have to have a fantastic functional and feel good home and that they haven't forgotten anything. And then many experience that the draft person just simply follows their drawing and converts it into the required documentation and doesn't provide any of this feedback and they were actually expecting more. Now, in my experience, draftspeople draw, they don't design. Yes, I'm aware this is a contentious thing to say. This is based on my experience of working with draftspeople, of employing them, of seeing countless homeowners experience the same thing. In the 25 plus years I've been doing this, you know, there are some great draftspeople that will provide design input that will do that, you know, and help you in that way. But more often than not, drafts people will just draw what they're instructed to. Another huge mistake is often made around copyright and the use of plans that homeowners find online, and then they morph them into their own design. So copyright is owned by the designer and it protects home designs. And it's not a case at all of simply changing 10% to avoid being in breach of copyright. So I've got a blog on this and I'll pop a link to it in the resources. It was co-written with a lawyer, Jamie White from Legal, And please read it. You know, if you've been thinking about doing this, about taking a floor plan that you like and morphing it and editing it so you then got your own home design, you know, you can actually get yourself into serious trouble and it can end up costing you far more than a bespoke design ever would have. Um, another mistake I see is that it is super common for homeowners to post their floor plan designs into a myriad of free Facebook groups and then ask for feedback on their design. And I'll often read through that feedback to see what other people are telling this poor homeowner. And it's amazing to say, you know, Some of it's okay, but a lot of it is terrible advice for a sustainable, durable and functional family home. And you can run into the issue of trying to incorporate so many ideas that you confuse yourself and the floor plan overall which will inevitably show up in how the home feels to live in. You know, floor plan design that lacks clarity, simplicity and restraint. It ends up feeling cluttered and busy to live in and homes like that, they're not calming places to be. And the thing is the people in this Facebook group, they have no idea who you are, your site, how you live, you know, what's going to be done to uniquely respond to that. And so their advice is offered often from their own personal perspective in one or two homes in their lifetime. And it's, uh, yeah, it's very challenging to then try and take that on board. Now, lastly, I've seen homeowners run into issues where they've lost the copyright on their design because of taking it to a business that's then drawn it up for construction. You know, things have gone sour and they've tried to leave with their design and been unable to. So be sure to cover this in your agreements before you commence working with anyone if you are just truly wanting them to draw exactly what you've designed, make sure you're protected. Now, if they're developing it and they're adding their input and changes, then you actually may have difficulties establishing your personal ownership over the copyright. So, how do you get it right then and avoid the mistakes that many DIY designers make when they're designing their own new home or renovation? So, Firstly, it is definitely worthwhile getting some professional help at some point during your design process with DIY designing. This can help alleviate some of the pressure that you're putting on yourself to get it all right and to try and remember all the things that you want to include. You know, you may do this by paying for a designer's time by the hour or organising a session with them to review your design and provide some feedback and input. Sometimes you're just too close to your own work that you can start to lose perspective and easily miss things. And a second set of expert eyes can make a huge difference by picking up on the things that you just may not see and giving you confidence that you're making the right choices before it all becomes super permanent. Seeking feedback can be confronting, especially when you've spent a long time getting your design to just how you want it to be and you're so personally and emotionally invested. You know, feedback can feel super personal and it can be sometimes really hard to hear. Chances are you're going to have an intimate understanding of how things need to be balanced and how, you know, when you change one thing, it can push everything out of whack and set you back 20 steps just instead of two And so if a designer suggests a change, you're like, am I just going to have to go back to square one? And they're not really going to understand why I can't do that. But an experienced designer will potentially see things that you just don't have the experience to, you know, and it can help with the things that have been frustrating you and you just haven't been able to crack no matter how much you try. This is the thing, you know, an experienced designer has probably solved the issues you're tackling on loads of other projects and has seen your problems and the challenges before and then can share insight from real life experience in finishes homes that that they know work or don't work. Now, another thing to do to get it right is that whilst you're designing your own new home or renovation, make sure that you find someone you can really trust to hand it over to, to be converted into construction documentation. A builder won't build from your design, they'll build from those construction drawings. And a builder won't build from what's inside your head, they're gonna build from those construction drawings. So a lot can get lost in translation and poor quality drawings can kill a great design. Many who try to save fees on drawings often end up disappointed with results on site. You know, you can't be there for every decision and to iron out every assumption a builder makes about what you really wanted. And the documentation or the drawings, they're your opportunity to control what happens in your build. After investing all this effort, time and energy into the design itself, be sure to choose a quality professional who will properly and thoroughly document your design. Literally get everything out of your head that needs to be out and help educate you on all the things that you need to include in your documentation so that you can minimize budget blowouts, you can manage risk and you can explain exactly how you want things to be in the finished home. Lastly, The way to get it right is to not race the design process. So whilst your home is lines on a page, you have a beautiful and unique opportunity to make sure everything is right in budget and setting you up for a streamlined and efficient build. The lifestyle your home will enable you to have both in and beyond the home. It's all embedded in your design you know in those lines on the page and to change a line on a drawing it's much cheaper and far less time consuming than changing a wall on site after it's built. Often people will race through the design phase because they're just itchy to get going on site and everything up to that point just feels agonizingly slow and others race through because they have difficulties really visualizing what the drawings will look like and feel as a finished home to be in and so it can all feel a bit overwhelming to stay in the design phase. Others may have a partner who's just telling them to hurry up already, stop playing with all the options, can we just get it done? You know, it's never going to be perfect, so you might as well just go ahead and get it built. Investing in the design phase and not racing through it, it's always time well spent. And, you know, this is your golden opportunity to explore the possibilities, to really investigate ideas and get a deep understanding of how you want to live and feel and how your home's going to help you do that. So, This leads me to my biggest action step at this point when you're in this stage of DIY designing and that is that you need to test your design. So testing your design, it's a great way to get certainty that it's doing what it needs to, that it will deliver all your wishes and wants and hopes and aspirations you have for it before you commit to making it a permanent structure. Now there are lots of ways that you can test your design to be sure that you're getting it right. Of course, 3D computer modeling software is great. Programs like SketchUp, also architectural packages like Archicad or Revit, they can create amazing 3D models of your design and you can also geolocate your home on your site so that you can then review how your design is going to work with the movement of the sun at your address at various times of the year. This is incredibly powerful to ensure that you have the design right and you can even test things like window and door positions and sizes. So, you know, you can make sure that they have the access to the natural light that you want them to and that you're not exposing your home to too much heat and cold. Now, you don't need to necessarily learn how to use these. You can use online websites like Airtasker and Upwork where you can advertise for a freelancing contractor to do these for you. So just be sure though that you're getting a version of the file that you can actually open on your own computer without having to own the expensive software and then that you wanna be able to orbit it and look around it and that you've also built in the ability to have some reviews um, as part of your pricing so that you have the chance to go back and give them feedback if they've got something wrong. Now, many of the floor planning apps enable you also to create a top-down perspective view of the floor plan and that can be helpful as you're working on the design. There's also now in several capital cities, um, big warehouses uh, which will protect, they'll actually project your floor plan at one-to-one onto the floor of the warehouse and you can drive your car into the garage you can move you know one-to-one size furniture around and you can get a sense of what the spaces feel like for size and arrangement as you walk over your floor plan and you can even uh, sometimes do changes whilst you're there um, to the floor plan itself to see how that impacts how things feel and can be experienced at that one-to-one level. Now, of course, there's augmented reality like RealR, which I've spoken about on the podcast before as well. I interviewed the founder of RealR to talk about how it actually lets you upload 2D drawings, um, even hand drawings, and then it turns them into a walkthrough lifestyle model, life-size model of your home so that you can then use your mobile device, you can use your tablet or your your um, or your phone and you can be walking around the inside of your home in augmented reality whilst you're walking around the site. So I'm going to pop a link in the resources if you haven't heard that interview you can check it out and see then if that tool might be something you like to use. One of my favourite things though to do this is to test your design is to actually get out a tape measure and test things at one-to-one. So you can do this on your actual site if there's room or You can go and find an open space somewhere to do this. So you can do this by, for example, getting simple stakes, you know, timber stakes at the hardware, or you can buy a tin of spray paint. And then you map out your floor plan at one-to-one to get a sense of the sizes of spaces and how things are arranged. You know, doing this on your site can be fantastic to check that views are how you want them to be, that you're privatizing, you know, things from overlooking neighbors, that you're positioning windows and doors in the best technology for light views and privacy. So even with all the technology that I have access to and all the experience that I've had, I still love testing things at one-to-one on site with this methodology to really be sure that things are right before we go ahead and build. Now, all of these things I've suggested I get, they may feel like really big undertakings, but So is building a new home or a renovation that you're gonna be living in for years and years to come, and that will potentially last decades for other homeowners as well. So do it and yourself the honor of spending some time testing it out. At the very least, it's always gonna provide excitement about how this design you've been creating will actually be a real home very, very soon. And that can be incredibly motivating for you. And it will ultimately help you have some certainty that you're building or renovating the right design for your site, your budget and your lifestyle before you make any expensive mistakes in building it. Now lastly, before I go, don't wait until you've finished your design and everything is locked and loaded and you've you know worked out exactly what you want before you go looking for a builder. Good builders are busy and finding one at the point that you're ready to start, that can be really difficult if you haven't been connecting with them prior to that. So you may find also that there's assumptions that you've made in your design that will make construction more difficult. The structural engineering, as I spoke about before, you know, make things more time consuming or expensive that could really be improved if the builder is involved earlier. So in my Choose Your Builder mini course, I actually share some key ways to interview builders what selection criteria to use. And I also include a list of all the checks to do, the questions to ask. So so you can check out the resources. I've popped a link to my Choose Your Builder mini course there. Now, in the next episode, I'm going to be talking to those of you who are working with somebody right now on your home design. So you're working with a designer, you're loving all of the possibilities and ideas. So this next episode is for those of you who are working with an architect or a building designer already or you're planning to and it's going to help you understand what you need to consider in order to maximize that relationship and to really get a great outcome not only for your future home but also for the experience that you have in your whole project. So make sure you stay tuned in uh, for that next episode remember to check out my online workshop, Your Project Plan. It's yours to access for free and you can watch it now. Plus there's some great bonus resources for you as well as the transcripts to this season of the podcast all packaged up in a great downloadable e-guide. This free workshop, it will really help you understand the best steps to take wherever you're at in your project and how you can avoid some serious and expensive mistakes. Plus, I'll share with you what to focus on and when, so that you know that you're getting everything in order for a successful project and a beautiful home. Head to undercoverarchitect.com forward slash project plan. It's all one word, P-R-O-J-E-C-T-P-L-A-N project plan to watch it now. As always, thank you for tuning in and for letting me be your secret ally. Until next time, bye.